500 Queens, and welcome to The Queen's Tea. Kelly's dope. Yay! <laughs> Kelly! How is life? Good. How are you? You look gorgeous. Thank you. You know, a little, I just, little product. Man. A little product, a little light, it'll do it for you. <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm just saying, you look gorgeous, Thank darling. You. Thank you. <laughs> okay, Kayla says she has five minutes. Kayla, do you have a question? Right, right quick. This is Kelly, but she's mental health. Hey, you have Kayla. a question? Do you have a question real quick or text it to me? And I'll ask her because she's on her break at work. So they're multitasking. Anywho, so <laughs> Kelly, this is usually, we usually do this during the month of November for our queens, our little mentoring group. And it's kind of like a, a career week. And so we like to bring in different women in different fields to just talk to them, talk it up and tell them how, you know, how they got started, why they're choosing what they chose, you know, just different stuff. So, we are excited to have you. <laughs> How have you been? Here. I've been pretty good. I mean, it's been kind of a, I mean, it's been the same for everybody. I feel like 2020 has been a whirlwind. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. How about you? I've been okay. I've been okay. It's been, again, I agree, it's been a whirlwind for everyone. And it's been yeah. a tough year, but for the most part, I'm okay. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's been the good thing. <laughs> Wedding Girl, girlfriend is getting married. <laughs> Love it. Love it. So Kelly, let's jump right into it. Let's talk about. We're gonna talk about a lot of stuff. It's gonna be very organic. It's just us talking. Okay. And we're gonna go through some things. And yeah. We just get to know. We're gonna get to know Miss Kelly Wimbush, uh, <laughs> one of my favorite people. So, talk to me about um, how did you get started in mental health? Like, how? Why that? Um, honestly, that's something that I I always knew I wanted to do. I pretty mm -hmm. much. Um, well, let me let me take a step back. Like I always knew that I was interested in like the brain and behavior, um, mm -hmm. but I still kind of wanted to get my feet wet in other areas and do different things. But um, I actually in high school I really loved theater and like acting, and I wanted to major in theater. Going to uh, Clark, I can't see my shirt. I tried to put it on, you know, for the <laughs> <laughs> I got you. We gonna get there. We gonna get there. <laughs> Um, but I actually wanted to major in theater once I got to Clark Atlanta. My mother was like, I want you to do something. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to use the word safe. She didn't use that word. I remember what she used, but let me just say the word safe. Um, I ended up switching my major to psychology. And that was pretty much it from there. Um, I always knew that I that you had to you basically couldn't stop with a bachelor's degree you had to keep going mm -hmm. so um when i was in undergrad i knew that basically you had to keep going uh mm -hmm. pretty much to your doctoral degree um and i'm not i'm not gonna say that's the uh you absolutely have to do that you can definitely 
in at a master's and have a fruitful career. Um, so let me not give that misconception at all. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, I knew that I eventually want to get my doctoral degree. Still haven't gotten it yet, but I will. <laughs> um, but in, in undergrad, I wasn't sure whether I wanted to do the med school route or the grad school route. So, um, yeah, so that's still like something I battle with, but, um, I pretty much stuck, stuck with that, uh, after, um, college went to grad school and my master's is in clinical psychology, but the specialization is in ABA or applied behavior analytic therapy. And Mm -hmm. that is probably one of the newer forms of therapy that's out there. And it's mainly used with individuals with autism and intellectual disabilities. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So are, are you dealing with most, are you dealing with young people? Or are you dealing with adults? What's I, my passion is really working with adults. Um, okay. and I know a lot of people say the opposite, like there you'll meet a lot of, um, people in my field who work specifically, um, with people with intellectual disabilities and tell you they love kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have worked with all different ages, literally from the age of two all the way up through the 80s and everything in between. I've literally worked with the the whole life spectrum pretty much. Um, so yeah, you can okay. kids and adults. Okay, so, okay, Kelly's from Chicago. Shout out <laughs> Well, I what? live in Chicago. I'm originally from Indianapolis, but I live in Chicago okay. now. All my family's here. Yeah. All her family's in Chicago, and you're from Indianapolis. Mm-hmm. How did a girl from Indianapolis get to Clark Atlanta University? How was that even on the map for you? Um, let me be real honest about this. <laughs> Please. Um, <laughs> also I said Indiana in the building. <laughs> um oh hey China girl. Um I grew up around some racism. And mm. um yeah, I really, really, really did not like school at all. That is okay. I was I wasn't a good student. Academically I was a great student, but I didn't like going, I didn't like I just I just learned what racism was at a very early age. When I say early, I mean first grade was the first time I was called the N-word by a little boy in my class. Um, And I literally saw systemic racism just as time went on from from sports to um, just the way adults, like grown folks, would target kids that looked like me. And Mm -hmm. I just knew I had to get out of there on the first thing smoking. Um, and it was, it had to be to an HBCU. I went on two college tours and okay. it was with the, the ladies of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated of the Indianapolis <laughs> alumni chapter. <laughs> we'll get there you know, later. We'll get yep. there later. We'll go get there later. But I literally went on two college, two different college tours. So they had like three different legs that they did to visit HBCUs. And it was about mm-hmm. 10 of them every year. And that's how I saw a bunch of different HBCUs. Um, and actually, FAM was my first choice. Florida a okay. was my first choice. And my mom was like, that's too far. 
if you know anything happened i need to be able to drive to you uh by myself that's you know i need to uh be able to get to you in a yeah. quicker amount of time and 13 i think it was like a 13 hour drive from indianapolis or something she was like that's too long but eight is cool you can go to atlanta so i was like ended up going to atlanta <laughs> okay but, so go ahead i'm sorry but uh, it was great though like i wouldn't change it for the world love clark atlanta Yes, we're going to get to Clark and we're going to get to all that other good stuff you're talking about. But, okay, so this is what I want to talk to you about. With your dealing with mental health and you being an African-American woman, how are you handling that in this climate with everything, pandemic, um, you know, George Floyd, Amir Aubrey, all this stuff is you know, how are you handling that and being able to be available for your clients? Um, that's, that is very difficult. It's, it's extremely difficult because like I said, we all have our, our own ish, different issues going on. And um, to be perfectly honest, like the way I feel, there was a, a picture that um, another group I'm in posted and it showed an individual on the couch getting services and the therapist mm -hmm. was literally right next to him on the couch. <laughs> like, shoot. Wow. I need some services too. Um, right. So just, just being honest, that is how it's been. It, um, it's kind of been like, I, it's been like you, you feel the person in a different way. Um, mm -hmm. Almost like you're, you're being more understanding. I have, I have even more patience for the person now because I'm just like, everybody is going through it. Right. So it's allowed me to, I guess, um, again, just be more patient with the person. Okay. Okay. We got some questions in this box. Let me see what, okay. What's one of the hardest situations that you had to deal with in your line of work? Good question. Um, so as I said, uh, my title, I'm a board certified behavior analyst or BCBA. And again, we work with individuals, normally work with individuals who um, have intellectual disabilities. And as you know, the individuals with autism or other intellectual disabilities, um, they may not be able to communicate just as you mm -hmm. and I are. So they may not be able to speak or they don't know sign language. Um, and because of that, they may act out in the form of aggression right. and hitting. So there have been a few instances where I have been hit very hard and have to literally pick it back up like that and get back right. in there and just, you know, keep therapy going or, or uh, you know, tending to the crisis. So there was an individual I had, there was a young man. Um, I love the family, but it really got to a point to where I had to learn when to discontinue services. And that mm -hmm. is even harder than getting hit. I think that's the hardest thing to do is to know when you can no longer serve an individual. So I'm a 5'2 on a good day. This young man yeah. was a teenager, over six feet tall. Um, and he was aggressive and one day he went for me like hit me in my nose and mm -hmm. it was bleeding 
all over the place. Of course, at that point, it was just me and him in the session too. So of course his mother like freaked out. She was like, oh my God. She was like, you know, she's not gonna come back. But I still came back. Cause I was like, I'm not gonna let this, this is what it is. This is what I signed up for. I'm not gonna let that get me down. But what was really hard was when I had to tell that family, like I, I can no longer serve you. Like what mm -hmm. we're doing here just isn't, no progression is being made. So I had to, to refer him somewhere else. So that's really what it is when you have to come to that realization. Mm, that's that's got to pull on your heartstring a lot. Like, how do you separate separate the like your heart from it? That's one of the reasons I didn't do um, therapy. It's just because, like, when I did my clinicals in um, undergrad, I was just like, nah. Uh -uh, I don't even understand why y'all arguing. It's stupid. <laughs> you know, for me, it just wasn't, I couldn't disconnect from it just because like I'm taking that with me because I absorb it all. How are you, how are you able to disconnect? That's hard. It's, it's <laughs> very hard. And I'm going to be honest in that and say that, you know, the first few years of it, I, um, I was very into with my clients and I felt like more than just on a clinical level, um, I was sort of spiritually in tune. Like I would, I'd be coming home praying for my clients. Like they, mm. cause some of these things that people are going through, you couldn't even fathom. Um, mm. and I, I would come home with a heavy heart very often. Um, but I also know that on a spiritual level, I've been ordained to do this. This is what I've been called to do. Mm -hmm. So I know that I'll be okay and I'll find the strength you know, I may have to go home and unplug, decompress, you know, turn off all of everything. And uh, I know I have the strength to get up and do it again the next day. Meditation is is really big. Like I know people talk about meditation all the time. And it's kind of, it's almost become like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, it's like the thing right now. It's the it yeah, thing. Like yeah, everybody yeah. talk about it, you know? Mm -hmm. But it, it is real and it really helps. It really helps. So you have to try and figure out the best way you can to meditate. So what does a typical day of your self-care look like? What does that look like? Honestly, <laughs> um, for me, that is sitting on the couch and watching reruns of the Golden Girls. Or living single. <laughs> um, I have been working on not eating so much junk food. <laughs> um, but it really is just like, and really, and my phone in the other room. So I'll be on the couch in one room watching TV. The phone is in the other room. The computer is mm -hmm. closed in a way. So it really is just, just sitting there, being in the moment and watching at shows that I've seen several, watch, laughing at shows I've seen several times. <laughs> so um, that's, yeah, that's what it is for me. Okay. Um, they have another question. What advice could you give to someone who's going into a, into that field or similar to it? These are good um, questions, guys. Uh, I wish I could answer, well, ask them a follow-up with that. Um, you can. I think she's still on. Okay. Do you mean more so into the field of a behavior analyst, like what I'm doing, or are you talking about a mental health clinician in general? 
Kayla, let me know. Mental health clinician <laughs> or um <laughs> or behavioral, which Kelly is doing currently. While you I wait on that your response. I'm gonna ask you another question. Okay. What um what would you so you said you are ordained to do this and this is like your jam. What did that moment feel like for you when you knew like this is it? This like I this is what what it is. And how did you get to that moment? Um I'm gonna be very, very honest about this. I can't even believe how honest I'm about to be about this. Come um, on. <laughs> it looks like she said, Is this Kayla? Yeah, Makai? yeah, she said behavioral. Okay, I'm gonna okay. answer that. I'm gonna come back to that after I say this. Um the other night I've been you know, everybody been watching church online and um I definitely believe in, in the gift and the spirit of prophecy. And every time mm -hmm. I get a prophecy, I record it on my phone. And mm -hmm. the preacher the other night said, go back and listen to your prophecies. And mm -hmm. I went back and listened to one from 2017, where the prophet told me, your gift is in counseling and mm -hmm. you have a knack for building business and your wealth is in counseling. I literally right. just re-listened to this two days ago, and it just reminded me, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Because mm -hmm. even all this year, I've been like, you know what? <laughs> let me this, ain't, this may not be for me. Corporate positions, let me see about right. this, let me see about that. And literally just listening to that again the other night was like, okay, well, that's it. Here I am. <laughs> that's what I'm supposed to do. So that really, um, that's still for me, just re-listening to that prophecy, literally two, three days ago. <laughs> wow. What? Okay. Because this is a piece that comes with that. So how did it change your, just your, your inner, your inner woman? Because I know to hear it and be like, okay, that's it. But you may be still dealing with, you know, just the conflict within yourself. But then to just accept that, that's something totally different than hearing it and then like, okay. So um, the acceptance part. The acceptance part, I think that came with being obedient. And um, I just, I've been so deep in prayer this year. Um, mm -hmm. just with everything that's been going on, like personally and, you know, what's going on in the world. Um, mm -hmm. but I've just, I'm literally looking for my blessings in the daytime with a flashlight. Like I'm checking the mail, be a check today, um, just anywhere I can find it. And, uh, mm -hmm. when the minister said, go back and listen to your prophecies, I took that instruction to heart. And like I right. said, I record all of them on my phone. And I went and back and listened. Went back and listened to that one from 2017. And because I got that instruction, and I knew that that was because the minister is a prophet herself. I knew that was an instruction from God to go back and listen. Go back and listen to the promises that I've given you from mm -hmm. way back when. Go back and listen to that for your encouragement to for what you need. Your basically your your soup and 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 your and your orange juice and all your um everything you need to to get better right now mm -hmm, mm -hmm. go back and listen to that stuff that i've told you and that's that was so i think i accepted it before i even went back and listened to it 
because I mm-hmm. knew that was clear instructions from God. Mm-hmm. So when I listened to it, I was like, oh, well, it, like you said, it brought a sense of peace. There mm-hmm. was so much peace that came with hearing that. Mm. That's so good. <laughs> That's so good. That's so good. Okay, so let's jump back to Kayla. So she's talking about behavioral. Behavioral. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. I saw, I did see that. So, um, the behavioral route, you want to, there are a few, a couple different ways you can do it. So, um, of course you want to make sure that, uh, your prerequisites are, um, in, in psychology. And I, I would say you want to major in psychology for undergrad, but, Mm -hmm. um, you don't necessarily have to. Your master's has to be in a field of social work. So your master's doesn't even have to be in um, in psychology, period. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be in something like special education or social work um, or early childhood education. It's something of, of that nature. And what happens is when you want to actually go sit for the exam, to mm-hmm. be a board certified behavior analyst or you know you're you're uh you're getting your hours what you want to do is you go to what's called the bacb.com which is the behavior analyst certification board and you look for their current standards and there are currently it's five or eight it might be eight classes now that you have to take um mm-hmm. along with acquiring your hours to mm-hmm. sit for the exam and then once you do that you're in. That's it. Um, sit for the exam and then really find a job because that I can say it's very hard for people to find BCBAs. So when you do get in the field, you'll have a job. Don't worry about that at all. Um, there you go, Kayla. <laughs> it looked like somebody sent me a question. Yes. A so, yes. Oh, okay, Corey, that's Corey, that's one of our alumni queens. She just graduated from Fort Valley State University as the valedictorian. <laughs> so let's see what her question is. It says, Hello, hey Kelly. Future <laughs> LPC here in forensic psych. LOL. What would you say the pros and cons are of being a counselor in general? Being a, a counselor in general? Mm-hmm. I would say, um, uh, there's a few things. Okay, well, let's, let's start with the pros. The pros is that um, depending on where you're working and the, the type of work that you're doing, what I do like about it is the gratification that you receive. When you know mm-hmm. that you're really helping somebody, um, mm-hmm. as, especially with me being in the, behaviors, the behavioral field, like, and I'm teaching skills, skill set that you know individuals can actually use along in life like seeing that that gratification of their loved ones like oh my god i didn't think they could ever do that um so knowing that you're helping somebody uh just better themselves and you know get to the point of uh leading a better life that is Mm -hmm, definitely mm -hmm. gratifying um that's the biggest piece of it the cons i would say is that um we need some system changers. And I, I truly believe with all my heart that new systems are coming um, everywhere. And there, 
there have been things put in place to where people don't want to provide as much energy or as much money to certain systems that have to do with our mental health. And I truly believe mm. that that's changing just from what I've seen in my career and paying attention to the news and everything else. Um, so that can be a con. Um, mm-hmm. Something else that I, I don't know is really a pro or a con, but I guess it's just kind of some advice that I would give. When you do get licensed, make sure you keep track of your licensure number and to whom you're dispersing that as well as um, pay attention to like billing standards for whatever state you're in because you don't want anybody doing anything crazy in your name. Mm, okay, okay. Y'all getting some giblets now. It's a lot of them who want to be counselors. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> That's a lot. Okay, wait. <laughs> okay, I think I asked that one. Let me see. How does... Okay, how does she approach her clients with mental health issues? Does she sometimes regret or have? What else? What's this other part of this question? I can't say the other part of the question. I don't know how to do that. Um, change of heart, I think. I think it's a change of heart or something. It don't. Oh, Lord. Can you see it? It doesn't slide. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. Okay. How does she approach her clients with mental health issues? Does she sometimes regret or have a change? Yeah. I'm going to say that that word is hard. Um, <laughs> um, how, do, how do I approach them? Um, I'm not really sure what you mean by approach. Do you mean like just in a clinical sense or um, not really sure? We'll just go general because <laughs> I don't know either. We'll go um, general. Just I guess just. I don't know if you want to go too deep with on your theoretical approach, just because that may be over yeah, their heads a little bit. Approach, approach in general, you approach them like you would any other person in any mm-hmm. other place. Um, you're working for them. You're, you're serving them. And uh, so you approach them the way you would want to be approached. Right. With dignity right, right. and respect, whether they can actually speak for themselves or, uh, go to the bathroom themselves or eat them or you know mm-hmm. whatever it is just approach them how you would want to be approached how um can, let's talk for a little bit about the um the relationships that african americans have with just therapy in general how do you see a change do you see an influx and in that's going to more ther- going to therapy more or are we still kind of hesitant with the with just the thought of oh she needs therapy or you know <laughs> thinking they stay crazy you know what i'm saying yeah okay with that oh our people our people right <laughs> <laughs> bless our hearts uh, yes bless, bless our, our hearts heart. bless our hearts <laughs> So I want to say um, there has actually been an influx of people okay. seeking therapy. However, that is a different generation. That is mm-hmm. millennials and the uh, the X's and the Z's. <laughs> we mm-hmm. go to therapy. Big mama and them, not so much. <laughs> they go to Jesus. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they going to pray about it. Um, right. They talking to their girlfriend or their sister about it. Um, 
or they keeping it to themselves. They're not telling nobody. You may find out, unfortunately, after they have gone on to be with the Lord. <laughs> mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. They are not going to therapy. They just aren't. Right. They, it's not something that they believe in. They're like, oh, that happened years ago. I'm fine now when they really aren't. They aren't budging. <laughs> it's and i'll say like, because I, I i started therapy because this year was just too much for me and it's one of the hardest things i've ever done i am i am very private and i don't deal with everybody so for me to get into those spaces where you have to be vulnerable and talk about your feelings ugh, <laughs> that's how and, and I'm like this in therapy I'm just like I don't want to talk about that like let's put let's put a band-aid over this bullet wound and let's keep it moving so I and I'm going to ask this question because we we're dealing with the, these young women and these young ladies and they're going through stuff and I know one of the conversations that we had with them previous was that they were dealing with just being okay in their in their womanness and being okay being black and being okay with the fact that okay i can be black and i can be intelligent and all this stuff and it's just like so much for them help us help them what what advice would you give us to say okay how can we easily help them to navigate these waters a little easier because they're dealing with much more than you and i will ever deal with in our lifetime Ooh, that now that's a that's a question right there. It's a long <laughs> question. <laughs> um, one thing that I can say is be open to trying mm -hmm. new things. I feel like we get put in a box as Black people. Period. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm I feel like your young ladies have heard the term Black people are, are not a monolith. Mm -hmm. uh, or, or the saying that Black people are, are not a monolith. For those who don't know what that is, that means there is not one type of Black person. Right. Meaning we are not all the same shade. We do not all like the same things. We did not all grow up in the hood. Um, some Black folks don't even know what the hood looks like. Um, mm -hmm. And I really believe that some of, some of us, even though we know we are not a monolith, we have still been conditioned to think that we are. Right. And so I encourage the young ladies to try new things. If they say, oh, that's that's a white people people thing. Black folks don't do that. Or black folks don't do that. Black folks don't do this. Go and do that thing. Um, broaden your horizons um, to make sure that you are truly, um, you know, getting to know yourself. Mm -hmm. And putting yourself in these spaces where we rarely see people that look like us. Right. Um, take photos, put it on the gram. Cause you know, it didn't happen if it go, don't go on the gram. So. <laughs> 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 but put it on the gram. And the reason why I say take pictures and, and put it in places like your social media, because although social media can sometimes be a detriment to your mental health, it can be a good thing too, because you're seeing mm -hmm. positive images of yourself and people that look like you doing things mm -hmm. that you may not normally do. So what's right. that help, what that is helping to do is put people that look like us all over the place. 
So mm-hmm. we have um, more in encouragement or more motivation to actually go and try these different things and, right. you know, create ourselves in these different spaces. Hope that made sense. No, it did. It did. It did. I, I, I love that. So y'all start posting stuff on the gram. <laughs> Get the positive stuff on the ground. Get the positive stuff on the ground. So I want I'm gonna um let's talk about how do you okay, because even though you're dealing with um the okay, let me ask it like this. The trauma of this year. How how have you seen that has what effects have it had on like some of your clients or maybe even like just young people that you come in contact with, how has this year, especially black kids, what, what did you, what are you seeing? Um, unfortunately, it's almost become, um, lost my word again. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? where you're not traumatized by it anymore. You keep seeing it, you keep seeing it. Desensitized. Thank you. Lord, I couldn't find that word. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we we truly become desensitized because we've seen it so much. Mm -hmm. And that's a very scary place to be. Mm -hmm. Um, But all I can hope is that, you know, while we're in locked deep away in the house that, you know, we're we're having conversations about why this thing is not okay and why we need to speak up for ourselves and for others right again that's some of the things that um rakia and i talked to the young ladies about just the importance of being your own self-advocate and advocating for what you know is right um however i think their dilemma is they there's not a word to put to what they're feeling um so I guess I guess my question I'm asking on behalf of them help us help them to verbalize what they're feeling because they're like some of our young men they're angry they're not using that anger in a positive way they're just mad as hell that look what they're doing to us and there's nothing that I can do about it so what would you say to that um when it comes to, to stuff like that, um, you have to find alternative ways to mm-hmm. release those endorphins. And I know that sounds really cliche or clinical, but you have to. Um, so all that that aggression that you need to get out, you're going to have to go exercise. You're going to have to go run around a block 20 times. Um you need to lift some weights, do some push-ups. You do somebody's workout video on YouTube. Like you're gonna have to find, or maybe you have a punching bag, actual punching bag at home. I, you know, not familiar with everybody's situation, but there are different things that that you can do. Um, and I think one of the best formats today is exercise and meditation. Um, unfortunately, there is not a whole lot we can do in the way that we probably really want to, to change Mm -hmm. our situations. Right. Right. Um, But if you are not a person where you are like, 
I don't feel like exercising. That ain't, you know, that ain't for me. Or you aren't quite to the point of meditation. What I would suggest is looking up and researching ways that you can get involved in your community and help mm-hmm. out. Um, you may not feel like you are a protester or a frontline person, but there are several other ways that you can help out as far as organizing, as far as volunteering in food pantries or doing different things to build up your neighborhood and the people around you. Okay. Okay. These are great. This is so good. (laughs) This is so good. Okay. So Kelly, you are on the campus of Clark Atlanta University, you know, and you know, it's fall 07. (laughs) It's fall 07. Things is about to pop off in the spring, baby. So, Let's talk about why Delta Sigma Theta. <laughs> well, I crossed spring 07, so it's probably fall 06 that I went out. Fall 06, right? Nobody. Yeah, yeah. I ain't know nobody. I went out. Yeah, no. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> um, but okay, it was is it was always Delta Sigma Theta, always. Um, okay. I I can honestly say that. Like, I never was one of those ones where, let me see what they talking about over here. Let me see what they talking about over there. And when I got to the point where it was like, even the interview, they were like, well, why Delta? And I was, I literally, the thought in my mind was like, well, what else is there? <laughs> like, why would I want to do these other things? Like, I knew about them, but it was just right. like, why am I, you know, why waste my time? And they were like, well, how do you know you want to do this if you don't know about the other ones? I was like, they aren't the same. And then when I really, really went and read up on every on everything in detail, it's like, they really are not the same. <laughs> uh, but not to mention the sunrise, you know, before they were sunrise, but they took me to see all the HBCUs. So why would I not? <laughs> You know, why would I not go that route? But um, I've been saying this for years to our <laughs> alumni queens who are currently AKAs. What were you thinking? It's <laughs> nothing else. They lost in the sauce. It's nothing else but Delta. <laughs> We've been trying to tell y'all this. But go ahead, girl. Go ahead. They, child, they, just, they got lost on the way to Rush. Somebody <laughs> uh, <laughs> put a, a sign up to send them on a detour because they was jealous because they was going to Rush. Um, right, right, right. <laughs> but yeah, and then when I, I when I ran in search of sisterhood like that, that was icing on the cake. That might have been the sprinkles to put the icing on the cake. When mm-hmm. I really learned about like each founder and right, you know the things that they participated in 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 school, and um, just some of the little quirky things that I felt like I could relate to the founders mm-hmm. on like to a, a young woman back in the early 1900s and the things I found that were relatable. I thought, you know, that was cool. Like, um, our, uh, big, big sister Osceola had changed her name Come to on. Osceola Archer because she yeah. wanted to get involved in theater and how she, and at, you know, I was, I was interested in theater. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, like she, just the history, the rich history there, how she started, I think it was Days in Days of Our Youth with um, Perry Belafonte. And like, it's, it's 
it's so rich the culture and the history of like i get excited talking about it and then you know thinking about um was it dorothy irene i think it was dorothy irene height um or another one of our presidents who worked with um lady bird johnson lena b johnson's wife on the mm -hmm. head start program um mm -hmm. our sorrows are some interrupters like come on <laughs> we came come out. on we, we weren't playing no games you know it's, so it's a reason it's so why my social change <laughs> yeah it's a reason my was like we got to go we got mm -hmm. to do, we got things to do you know yep. and and i i can totally relate to that because that's that's how i felt i always said that i was i was always adopted in my heart it was just a matter of, this was just the procedures that had to take place Yep. <laughs> like we just, I just had to go through, you know, these are just some things that I just had to go through to make it official. But I knew. I knew. So I can totally relate to that. Like it's just like, what else is there? This is the right. only thing. I'm just like these people. I I've been doing yep. this type of thing in my sleep. So I can totally relate to that. That's <sighs> you're so right. <laughs> I love Kelly. I love Kelly. So um you told me i want to know i know you said you're called to this but outside of this being your calling what's your why um my why why do i do this i really have a passion for pushing people in the right direction to take care of their health um mm -hmm. having a sound mind and body um I know it's something that we're all working on collectively every day, but I'm very, very passionate about um, getting people to to eat better, um, to to meditate, to go to therapy, to work out, to go to regular doctor's appointments. It's extreme overall. It's extremely mm -hmm. important to me to have people to take care of themselves because it's the first form of self-love and you can't love anybody else if you don't love yourself. Say that one again. Come on, say my my queens in the back need to hear that one. Say that one again. You can't love nobody else if you don't love yourself, child. Come on, come on. So I want to ask you a couple more questions. I'm going to let you go because I know it's early over there and you got to do some things. Um, <laughs> So what would, what advice would you give, what would you tell your 18 year old self? Ooh. My 18 year old self. Uh, I would tell my 18 year old self, it is going to be okay. And don't freaking stress about money. Because that was an issue I had back in the day. I stressed so hard, so, so hard to where I know I did not enjoy my collegiate experience as much as I could have because I was mm. so stressed about making money and getting through this time, getting through college to get a job. Because mm -hmm. I was like, I can't be poor. I don't want to be poor. I don't want to go back to the way I grew up. I can't do it. I can't do it. Like that thing had me shook. You know? mm -hmm. <laughs> and I know people mm -hmm. had it way worse than I did, but I just, seeing my mom work all them doggone jobs and it was just me and her right. and um 
I was just like, I can't, I can't live like this. I can't do it. And I know I missed out on like key internships and key volunteer opportunities because I was so focused on how much y'all paying. Is it going to make me some mm -hmm. money? So I definitely tell my 18 year old self, like, chill out. You're going to be all right. You might be in top of the Corey. You're going to be all right. <laughs> Corey, did you hear that? Corey, did you hear that? Because we tell you that all the time. <laughs> Chill out. It's going to be okay. Corey, the one that's in college. She just, she just graduated. Yes. Uh, a year and a half. She graduated in three and a half years. Okay. See what I'm saying? <laughs> Worked the whole time. Um, already, she won't, it's not going to take a break. She's starting grad school in January. It's, I get it. I tell her again. Tell her again, Kelly. I really, I understand. She need a love. You need a love offering, baby. <laughs> I get it. I really understand. But don't, again, don't mess up. It's unpaid. Like, if you are supposed to have it, it will happen. A way will be made. So you will find somebody who don't mind you mooching off them. <laughs> it will happen. And those internships are extremely important to truly pushing you where you need to be in your career. So you don't want to take the the job that's on, you know, give you a few dollars and that on an internship, and now you having to work some extra years to really get that experience that you could have got over in one summer. So, <laughs> what Kelly said, Corey. <laughs> Shoot. So okay, let me let me ask you this: How important is building that network for you? Um, cause I know you guys have in Sigma chapter, you guys have a really strong network and amongst your line sisters, you have an even stronger network. Um, so how important is that? Cause these babies, our babies love to just work, 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 work. And they don't really like to build relationships and, um, you know, do internships and all the stuff that you were just speaking of. So talk to them about that. Okay. Um, networking. <laughs> Um, of course, being in uh, Delta Sigma Theta has, you know, created a great network, especially, you know, here in Chicago, too. Our alumni chapters are big. The alumni chapters are normally huge anyway and are, you know, mm -hmm. a great uh, asset to building relationships. Um, what I do want to say is that when it comes to you, you're talking about when it comes to your career, right? Career, anything, because you just never know who you're going to meet and right. how they can help you. Right. And I um, I totally agree with that. You never know who you're going to meet. Um, there was one thing I was watching. It was a, it was a Super Soul Sunday with Ayala Van Zandt. I have to say this because it's so true. Um, take pride enough in yourself to look like someone when you go outside. She didn't want to be bothered, and she just wanted to go to the target to see what they had today that they, that they didn't have last week. And she was talking about how um, she looked a mess because she just wasn't, I forgot the term she used, but she wasn't taking pride in herself for that day or whatever. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I should not have done that because, you know, of course somebody recognized me. They approached me, and they wanted a picture. And she was like, you know, I look crazy. Mm -hmm. And I say, I said that to say, always take pride in yourself whenever you're, you're going out of the house because you don't know who you're going to run into. 
put on a cute outfit when you go into the airport, <laughs> wherever you're flying to. You don't know if you can meet your next business partner or your next boss or whomever on a plane and engage with a conversation with them there. Um, and I, I totally get where you just feel like, I just want to get on this plane and go to sleep, or I just want to do this, or I just want to do that and not be bothered with anybody. Of course you have those moments. There's, it's always going to be like that. But as far as networking and building relationships, you just, you always have to be ready. So don't even just look for them specifically in your small groups over here or at the chapter meeting over here or in, um, in AB, in your AB side clubs or, or whatever organization you may be involved in. Don't just look for that networking, that camaraderie in that particular small group. Make sure that you are talking to other people around you, whether that's at, at your gym, if you at a place where your gyms are open, um, you just never know, like, don't ever close your mind off to where you could go and and meet somebody, run into somebody who, you know, you could build a potential empire with. You just don't know. Mm -hmm. um, and as far as networking, make sure your LinkedIn profile is on point. Build that thing up because I promise you, people will reach out to you randomly on LinkedIn. I can't tell you how many people have reached out to me just asking questions, asking to network. Um, I literally got into a business deal by somebody hitting me up on LinkedIn. Started a whole company by hitting me up on LinkedIn. So take just just be mindful and keep your mind open to build relationships wherever you are, not just in one place. That's good. That's <laughs> good. That's good. Kelly, are you our only child? I'm my mother's only child. I do oh, have okay. two younger sisters. Yeah, that's on my uh, dad's side. Yeah. <laughs> so talk to me about the importance of sisterhood to you. Oh, that's that's huge for me. That's that's really huge. I, I'm asking because last week I was well, yeah, last week I talked to your line sister Danielle. And and one of the things I told her, I was like, y'all's line is just so connected. It's so connected and it's it was almost like when I think about you guys mine is like, yeah, that was a God thing. Because everybody's piece is just perfectly put together. And some lines don't have that. And then there's some that just have it. And you guys take it to a whole nother level. And you guys have been able to do that in so many areas of each of your lives. So talk to me about that. That that now don't get me don't get me wrong we we literally have that push and pull like sisters right we, we really do um and i think the beauty and the curse of it is that you can't choose your line sisters you know mm -hmm. you have to mm -hmm. make it work with the people that you have and if you don't like it then oh well i don't know what to tell you but you have to make it work with the people that you have and you know we fuss and fight we're totally different people and we you know we disagree on things just like normal people do but we always come together and create that that bang that wow that you see and i definitely know what you're talking about because it even wows me sometimes you know the things that we have come together and created mm -hmm. and you know for the world to see um just within our line i think you know that's totally dope um, but that sisterhood to me was extremely important because, again, I grew up, it was just me and my mom in the house. 
So I didn't know what it's like to grow up with, actually grow up with sisters. So um, that my bond with my line sisters is is definitely untouchable. Um, and with my uh, CAU and Spelman sisters, you know, the, we have our mm -hmm. little Chicago crew up here and that bond is untouchable for sure. Like we've definitely gone through some stuff together from the time of graduation um, and grads, us all going to grad school in all different places of the country. Like, so sisterhood is, it's major for me, you know, even relationships that, you know, it's funny. I went to school with, with some people, I don't know if this happened with you, but you go to school with some people in undergrad and it's like, you end, you end up, like you knew of them in grad school, but you end up meeting them later on in life. And yes. y'all just click instantly. Like I have, mm -hmm. I have friends like that where it's like I knew of them in undergrad, didn't hang with them or know them that well or anything. But now, like, they my ride or die. Like, there's no way I'd be doing anything without them. So hey, yeah. Say hey to Danielle. Hey, that one. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh my I gosh, little Danny. Go ahead and say hi to Gabrielle. Talk to your people. popped on for a little bit. Jamayo, Myra. There was a few people that popped on here and said hi. So I definitely thank you guys for supporting. Yes, we do appreciate it. So I'm going to ask you one last question and then we're going to be up out of here. Um, so my last question to you is what does a queen mean to you? Okay. <laughs> um, a queen to me is the most powerful person in the world. And I say in the world because when you think, oh, hey, cuz, that's my cousin Erica. Sorry. Um, <laughs> no, you fine. You fine. Um, when I think of a queen, I think of when you, when you play chess, the most powerful piece on the board is the queen. And so I think of, I apply that to everyday life. The queen is the most powerful person in the world, the most powerful person in the room. Um, and as long as you know in here that you are the most powerful person, then that will exude everybody else. They'll pick that up too. <sighs> I love that. That's, that's <laughs> one of the reasons we call our group 500 Queens from that <laughs> premise right there. Seriously. So... Say, say your hellos to everybody because we're going to wrap up and I thank you for doing this, this for me. This was fun. I enjoyed it. Thank you for inviting me. Of course. <laughs> of course. I believe in shouting out my dope friends. <laughs> y'all are doing some amazing things and I just think y'all need to like young people need to see themselves. So I, I just love to bring my friends on because you guys are just amazing. And I love y'all to death. So, we and I'm so you. proud of you. We so proud, proud of y'all. You out here leading um, the babies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying. And so, yes, and congratulations, honey, because I saw the rock and it's beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so um, much. So, tell the people, tell tell these young folks where they can reach you, because I'm I'm pretty sure my my. Text messages are blowing up with questions and they're going to want to know how to get in contact with you. So let them know. And what do yes, you have yes. coming up next? <laughs> okay. So my Instagram is K winning the letter K and then W I N N 
I-N-G, K-Winning. Um, but I'm sure if you type my name, my first full and last name, um, in like the search or whatever, Kelly Wimbush, K-E-L-L-Y-E, uh, W-I-N-B-U-S-H, in the search, then I will come up. Um, my full name is on my profile i'm not on facebook but i'm definitely on instagram and uh linkedin so that connect me on linkedin too kelly wimbush okay kelly what you got coming up next what can we support you in uh i have to get back to you on that because i'm working on some <laughs> things and still working on some clarity for the lord <laughs> so i'll definitely keep you posted for sure Please do keep us posted because we will shout you out in whatever way we can and support in whichever way we can. So, Kelly Wimbush, everybody. I told If you have any questions, suggestions, or just need to get something off your chest, email us at 500queensghs at gmail.com. Follow and DM us on Instagram and Facebook at 500queens. Follow us on Snapchat on queens500ghs. Our podcast where we discuss situations from a teenage girl's point of view.